Hey, it's Jordan. We'll fire up the Chill Factory in about 20 seconds. I just launched the Chill Factory newsletter on LinkedIn. Each issue is inspired by conversations I've had here on the Chill Factory podcast and includes extras to help you, your clients, students, and anyone else you support. So subscribe to the Chill Factory newsletter on LinkedIn and see you there. I think it's okay to admit to yourself and to other people, gee, that didn't go the way I planned. But man, the comeback's going to be amazing. Hey, welcome and welcome back to The Chill Factory, where we make work, school, relationships, and life less stressful with expert interviews, rapid relaxers, and excellent resources. I'm Jordan Friedman. There are a whole bunch of videos on YouTube that list the failures of people who we think of as wildly successful. Here's just some of what you'd see and hear if you watched them. His first book was rejected by 27 publishers because they said it was too strange and wouldn't sell. That would be Dr. Seuss. Thanks to poor grades in high school, he was rejected three times by USC School of Cinematic Arts. That's Steven Spielberg. I love this one. He was fired from a newspaper job because they said he didn't have any good ideas and wasn't creative enough. Walt Disney. And she was fired from an early television job because they said she was too emotional and not fit for TV. And that would be Oprah. I've always loved these videos, not because I take joy in the failings of others, but because they give me a surge of optimism. I watch them and a voice in my head says, yeah, she struggled and she wasn't always a success, so there's hope for me and I can do it too. And after recently watching, yet again, one of these Look Who's Failed pieces, I thought it would be a good idea to talk about failure and what to do when things don't go your way. Because this can be an embarrassing, stressful, depressing, and paralyzing place to be. I know someone who we can talk to about failure because she helps people get to and get back to where they want to be. And getting over failure is often a big part of that process. Carolyn Sandino is a certified coach and life strategist. She helps people find the answers to some of life's bigger questions in the pursuit of a more authentic life. Her clients range from highly successful corporate executives who are searching for their next great steps, to creatives who want to monetize their artistic works, to anyone who wants to make sure that the life they're living today is very intentional and not wasted. I started our conversation by asking Carolyn why she thinks so many of us have such a hard time when things don't go as planned. I think we're not always connected with the reason we're doing something, especially if it's something big. And I'll give you an example. If I am a very solid C-plus singer, but I love to sing, and my local high school says, hey, we're going to recruit for some singing spots on our next play. And I go down and I try out and they say, well, thanks for coming, um, but we've got lots of A and Bs ahead of you. I haven't really lost because I know that I'm doing that because I love it and it's fun. And even if I don't get to where I may have wanted to go, I have the reasoning behind my why. In comparison, if I go for a job 
you know, a big job, one that I don't even know if I really want, and I don't get it. The confusion of when things don't go as planned is doubled, I think, because I haven't figured out in the first place what I'm really doing and why I really want that. And that's what I think is happening to us when we have a hard time when things don't go as planned. I think maybe what's implied here is that we should start thinking about the why before we get too into something, making it so much harder to get out of it or to make a change. That's true. And this is when I get hired a lot of times is that people reach this kind of crossroads and they're saying, you know, I'm 55, I make a bundle, but I don't want to do this anymore. Why? And I think to your point, the question of why has never been worked out at all. And you've been living your life sort of on this promise that you're doing what you should do. You're making a living and you have health insurance and all that. And it should be enough. And it's not because so few people, I believe, are really doing work that connects with their soul. And I don't mean to be woo-woo about it. I just think people are doing things for practical reasons, as you point out, and not so much because they love it. I wonder how you feel about this idea that we hear all the time, often from an early age, that we can do anything we want. Now, I don't mean to be a dream crusher here. Realism can be a real buffer against stress and anxiety. So my take on the you can do whatever you want, whatever you put your mind to, whatever you put your heart to, it's excellent, it motivates, it inspires, it makes you feel strong and confident, and I don't believe it's true all the time. I've wanted to be a lot of things in my life. I wanted to be an anchor man when I was a kid, but it just was not going to happen for a bunch of reasons. And one of the reasons was it was just going to be too hard and take too long. And I just didn't really want to put the energy into it. So my point here is really related to what you've said before. And that is to think about not only what you might want to do, but is it a good choice? Is there a shade of that that you could do? Could you do something else but incorporate some of what you love about that first big dream into this new path? What do you think of all that? I think it's a great question. And I think the black and white thinking, can I do it or can I not? It's really hard on people. So let's talk about you. You know you wanted to be a TV anchor, but if we break it down a little bit, do you have an insight as to why that appealed to you? for a number of years or how you looked at it? Like what was the piece of that that you loved? And I can't help but note that we're on a podcast with your beautiful voice. And so you are in media ultimately, but I'm wondering what attracted you to it in the first place. Thank you. Uh, I love the news and current events and what's happening in the world. I always have. My sister was an anchor person and reporter for most of my growing up. And yes, fast forward to 2023, and no, I'm not Anderson Cooper, but 
I do get to do some of that kind of work, and I love it. So what you were saying is you successfully took some of the pieces of what you enjoyed about that potential job, and you integrated it into your life, which, you know, that type of talent that stays with you your entire life is pretty interesting because a coach I had said to me, if there were a magazine with you on the cover, what would the magazine title be? And I thought, I'm not sure. And she said, I need you to go ask 10 of your friends and family what the magazine would be. And it came out, eight people said enthusiasm, something around the topic of enthusiasm. And as a, an adult in business, people have told me the reason they enjoy working on projects with me or I've been hired is enthusiasm. We're not aware of what we do naturally, and we don't always regard it with the highest of value because it comes easily. You've heard that, but it's really true. So I think there are certain parts of our personalities that are going to express all the time, whether we work construction or plumbers or white collar or whatever it is we do, those essential characteristics will come out. Your love of news, being in, you know, current with what's happening in the world, being in a media format, as we talked about, you're in it. So certain things about you are always going to express whether we acknowledge them and play them up or whether we treat them as sort of like, yeah, hey, I always do that. But I would say, especially if you know, you're coming to the mid or sort of um, more mature part of your career, focus on what those are and try to make sure you do as much of what utilizes your natural talents as is possible because that totally decreases your stress and also allows all of us to have the gift of your gift. If you don't do that or don't recognize that in yourself, I think it's a very long slog to do anything, social, work, any of it. Hmm. And even if you do recognize it, it can still take quite a while to get there. Can we talk about success for a little bit and our expectations around what success means? Because I think that when it comes to dealing with things that don't go as planned or failure to put another name on it, our ideas around success can play a big role in how stressed we feel when things don't go as planned. So I think we place a lot of faith and emphasis and expectation around what other people think of us, first and foremost, before what we think of ourselves. And I think life will give you a situation or two where you have to think that through and come to terms with how you think of yourself and what vision of yourself is more important, the external expectation or the internal expectation. And I think the more uh, experience you have in life, any age, but the more experience you have in life, you start to realize that what you think is the most important of all because no one else really knows your heart the way you do or what your expectations or dreams are. So I think there's a heavy duty um, 
expectation that we live a certain way as evidenced by how wealthy people in the country are viewed as smarter, better, something or other, versus people who are, you know, without resources. And that's simply not true. In fact, you know that dealing with people who may be more modestly blessed is a big pleasure often in comparison to dealing with people who are used to having their way on the planet. So it's a long-winded way of saying to you, I think we believe society has a picture of us that we have to live up to and that we ourselves need to set that vision and be comfortable with it and claim it. I like that. And this is another reason to let people in our lives know on a regular basis that they're great and they're doing great things for the world and for their families because that builds up the the mortar between the bricks of the walls and the pillars making them stronger when we do end up having to deal with things that don't go our way and carolyn if someone is on the edge of trying to make a decision about something, to go for something, to try something new? Are there things that you would suggest they do to lessen the fear that they'll screw up or things won't work out again or they'll be embarrassed in some way or they won't be the success that they want to be? I think that you already hit the nail on the head is you build relationships where you can tell the truth to others and they can be the mortar between all the bricks you're going to try. So I would say, first, read memoirs. There's some pretty great memoirs out there that allow you to understand that people who you may admire have had a hard time at times and have lived through it and um, come through it with a lot of humor and success as they define it. I think that you could journal and put down on paper what really bothers you and what you're worried about. And the most important, I think, is you have to have partners, friends, even colleagues who you can talk to at this level and say, I'm really afraid I'm going to feel so bad about this if I don't get it that I, I almost am frozen. You have to speak your truth aloud to another human being. Your dog's good but you have to speak it aloud. <laughs> My dog knows everything. <laughs> They'll always support and agree with you. No what you say. <laughs> and hold the treat in your hand. <laughs> but I happen to be very, very, very lucky to have a friend that I've known since the age of 12. And we were just talking about how many birthdays we've been able to celebrate together. And she has history. So when I say, I don't know, she says, but you did X, Y, and Z. And listen, A, B, and C happened, and I didn't see you fall down. I love all of that advice. In particular, I love the idea of reading biographies to help you feel less stressed and calmer and like, okay, things are going to work out. You reminded me of a piece I just saw the other day on Michael J. Fox. And oh, yeah, I saw an interview with them. Yeah, it was on CBS Sunday Morning. Yes. And it was an example to me of, oh my gosh, things did not go as planned for him. And he recognizes 
the advantages he has in life to deal with his Parkinson's disease, and still it is incredibly challenging, but yet he manages to remain optimistic and moving forward and inspiring millions of people and still making people laugh. And that's one that I would highly recommend people check out. So Carolyn, if you have a coaching client in front of you and they have identified failing at something and they're using that word or they're really down because something didn't go the way they had planned, how do you coach them out of that place that they're in? This is one of the toughest and happiest parts of the job. And I don't mean to be cavalier. I mean, if your things have not gone well and you're depressed, it's very hard to get up in the morning. But I think it's okay to admit to yourself and to other people, gee, that didn't go the way I planned. But man, the comeback's going to be amazing. I do believe very much in the phrase, why not? Why not? Why can't... Why? Why not? Why can't you do more media or journalism? Why can't I do more singing? You know, why not? What, what's the mechanism in our brains that shuts down the question before we've even asked it? And I think the value I bring in all my relationships, whether it's personal, with my family, with clients, is I usually ask, why not? What's the why not for you? And once it comes to light, there's a lot of reconsideration of maybe why not? Why can't we do that? So I just think there's, there's a fundamentally we're here to serve people and we should always ask ourselves, no matter what our age or situation, financial situation, why not? Yeah. And this is why coaching is great. This is why talking with important people in your life is great because when we are in the middle of a hurricane having that perspective and having someone suggest different ways we might think about our situation different ways we can act in our situation that is so fundamental to stress prevention and reduction so thanks for that reminder Carolyn Sandino, thank you so much for coming on the Chill Factory and thanks so much for your for your time and for your experience and smarts. Jordan, it's always my pleasure. Thank you for doing the podcast. I absolutely love it. Keep listening. Sure will. Carolyn Sandino is a coach and life strategist, and there's more about her in the show notes. We also have links to a memoir that she highly recommends and that amazing Michael J. Fox video that I mentioned. Quick Calm is the stress and anxiety reduction technique that I probably talk about the most because it's the first one I learned and it works to reverse the stress response. 
which kicks into action when we think or encounter things that are demanding and challenging. It's that response that makes us feel off balance and angry and tense and makes our heart beat really fast and makes us feel unfocused and overwhelmed and anxious. But quick calm can reverse that reaction and even cause us to feel relaxed and calm. So let's take the next minute and 43 seconds to try Quick Calm Express. With your eyes open or closed, focus on your regular breathing. Now take a deep breath in through your nose and hold. Think to yourself, I am warm. And exhale through your mouth like you're blowing through a straw. And think, I am calm. And breathe normally. And again, take a deep breath in through your nose and hold. Think to yourself, I am warm. And exhale through your mouth like you're blowing through a straw. And think, I am calm. And breathe normally. And one more time. Take a deep breath in through your nose and hold. Think to yourself, I am warm. And exhale through your mouth like you're blowing through a straw. And think, I am calm and relaxed. And this updated version of Quick Calm Express is on the Chill Factory app, which you can get by downloading the Chill Factory from the App Store or Google Play and entering the password express when prompted. This will give you and 24 other listeners full and free access to all of the Chill Factory app's features for one year from the original post date of this episode. It's quitting time for this episode of The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to follow The Chill Factory wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are available. And there's always more at thechillfactory.net. And as novelist and poet James Joyce said, mistakes are the portals of discovery.